Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Lunch Pail Podcast. Alongside Mike Nizolik, the Virginia Tech football beat writer for the Roanoke Times, this is Aaron McFarling, sports columnist for the Roanoke Times. We are back after having seen Virginia Tech beat Old Dominion 31-17, to and now they're preparing for Mighty Furman later this week. We will address the matchup that we just saw and the one we're about to see and we'll get into a few issues involving the team this year, you know, the running game. The fan base is uh, upset. How upset should they be? Um, and, and we'll also uh, do our pick three, as we always do, and we'll end it up with some predictions at the end. Mike, uh, we walked out of there. I think both of us, neither one of us, all that impressed with what we saw. What were your just overall impressions on the game? Uh, you know, uh, Coach Fuente talked uh, on Monday about situational football and that that was the thing that he was most disappointed about. And, and I think that kind of makes sense. You know, um, Virginia Tech had a chance to put this game away and sort of, I, I think, answer some lingering questions just about, um, you know, this team. And, and they didn't. They fumbled twice. Uh, you know, ODU got within one possession. Uh, Virginia Tech had the ball at that point, but still uh, got close in that second half. And, and um, you know, it never felt like Virginia Tech was going to lose the game like it did uh, a year ago. But at the same time, um, you know, four touchdown favorites and didn't come close to getting to that number. And, you know, you look at that non-call on pass interference on Caleb Smith, and that everything kind of fell apart after that in terms of just trying to finish them out. Uh, Ryan Willis is on the bench for that last stretch. Um, and just sort of the, the, the reoccurring problems, you know, uh, the, the turnovers, they have the worst turnover margin in the country at this point through two games, which is shocking um, for a team that spends so much time and effort and and put so much focus on taking care of the ball. Um, you know, I asked a couple of the other beat writers, has there been a stretch, you know, because I just got it here last year, but where Fuente's team has done that. And they said basically the first two games and that was it. And that was right. all, like, I guess they put nine fumbles on the ground. and like Liberty and Tennessee, I yeah, think. Yeah, like nine, they lost nine fumbles, which is crazy. No interceptions. But um, a terrible stretch in that sense. And um, there were some sacrificial lambs, so to speak. Keyshawn King got benched for, you know, about half the game. Willis, um, after getting checked out and cleared for an injury scare, stayed on the bench. And I think that's what you kind of need to see going forward here because, Something's got to make a difference because that was an ugly way to end that game. Yeah, I mean, the second half is where the fumbles occurred. But I, I think the first half is where you really needed to assert your dominance. Uh, the, the the offense, I think, really let them down in that first half. They allowed just 70 yards to Old Dominion in the first half, and Old Dominion only scored three points. That was an opportunity to get up 21-3, 28-3, something in that neighborhood before you even go to the locker room. And then maybe you're talking about substitution patterns in the second half. Maybe you're getting some guys in the game that haven't had an opportunity to get in the game. And I, I was, uh, you know, I thought that was very disappointing to see that kind of performance in the first half offensively. Uh, I think we can talk a little bit more about King in a minute. Uh, I think that's an interesting dynamic here too. But I remember when those fumbles occurred against Tennessee. And, of course, they had a very good season after that. Um, I remember saying after that game, I'm like, this is not going to happen every week. You know, they're not going to fumble. It's, it's, it's one of those things – that just sometimes you fumble and sometimes you, you get unlucky where you lose every fumble, which is what happened to them. And, and the way they had played against Tennessee overall, I felt like encouraged about where they were going. I felt like they just clean up that some of that stuff, they'll be all right. Well, I don't feel similarly here. I mean, I, I, I think what you said is true. There's just so many concerns that could have been kind of uh, maybe not, not eliminated, but certainly mitigated. And, and they just weren't on Saturday. What's the number one concern for you? Is it, is it turnovers or is it something else? I, I think it's more generally just the offense. You know, I said that I thought you – know, I picked them to win the Coastal because I just thought this offense would be very good. You yeah. know, you got a senior quarterback. you got all this ta talent wide receiver. You know, Damon Hazleton hasn't played yet. Um, so, uh, but, you know, they've gotten good production anyway out of the receivers. And the, the tight ends are fantastic. So, I mean, you got a good group still. But the run game has been non-existent and the offensive line – has been okay. I mean, they've been okay in pass protection, no, nothing stellar. Um, and, you know, the run game has been abysmal. So I think just overall, you know, the defense has done about, I think, what you can ask from them. They've made steps forward, not perfect, uh, made some mistakes. But, I mean, from what they were last year, um, you know, when you looked at kind of that end, that last six, seven game stretch where they were just kind of a disaster in every sense, um, that's not been the case. You know, they've shown promise, they've shown improvement. They're young still, um, and they're 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 gonna make 
those missteps, but they've kind of bounced back, like you said, 70 yards in the first half. Um, you know, did some nice things in the second half still, you know, to generated some pressure. You know, I like that they were blitzing now a, a little more, trusting some of those guys in the secondary uh, in coverage. But I think offensively, this is a team that shouldn't struggle to score 31 points. Right. Yeah, there is, there's going to come a time this season where the, the defense, the tech defense is going to get gashed. They're going to get gashed pretty bad. It's going to happen. I've seen it happen. And, and the Virginia Tech's offense is going to need to overcome that. That's the strength of your team. My biggest concern isn't the turnovers and it isn't Willis and it isn't defense. It's the running game because I think it's tied to all of those other things. I think it makes your defense better when you can run the ball. I think it makes your quarterback better when you can run the ball. Opponents don't respect this Hokies running game at all, and why should they? I mean, it, what they averaged 2.2 yards a carry in their game against Old Dominion, and they, you know, they, were, they were pathetic uh, on the ground against uh, Boston College as well. You know, th this is just four. in fairness. It was two point three against oh, Boston College me. and three point three against Old Dominion, okay. only because they did better in the second half. Uh, you know, I'm just still not good. And they, they were average. This wasn't like twenty carries, forty-two carries against Boston College and thirty-nine against Old if Dominion. If I have one criticism of of Justin Fuente, just uh, one uh, above all others, above all others, it's that since he's gotten here, you know, they've had they've you know Gerard Evans can could run the ball and did. Um, you know, but there's never been a time I don't remember before Justin Fuente where they just didn't have somebody, whether it be the quarterback or the running back, who could really, you know, threaten the defense. And right now, you know, you think I think we all think that Keyshawn King is probably that guy who gives them the best chance and he gets six carries and then he's benched because he fumbles after he's already down. You know, look, it's it's Justin Fuente's program. He can run it however he, he wants, but don't you think maybe there is an opportunity there to see the kid, the true freshman, get some carries and maybe overcome a little bit of adversity of, okay, you can still make the same statement to King that that's not acceptable, but also allow him to play a little bit in the, in the rest of that game? I guess not. <laughs> I, I guess not. I don't know. I mean, you know, look, you look back kind of the last, even for Frank Beamer's tenure, they haven't had a real – I mean, David Wilson's basically the last guy that, you know, was a, was your top – or Trayvon McMillan probably 2015. Yeah. And, and that was it. And then, you know, Evans kind of is a – that year you kind of take a – it's a unique year because you got a quarterback that can just, you know, do everything. So you right. don't need a rusher. But um, they haven't found one. They've gone with this by committee approach. And I just – I never got the sense that running backs like that. I mean, all of them here say the right things, whatever. You know, okay, you know, everybody's got to be ready. But – I, it, it's got to be hard to kind of get in the game when you know you're going to be coming out the next series or you're not going to be able to kind of get a chance to build it. And the thing that was frustrating, I think, for King was that – or for fans hoping to see more King was that he looked pretty good on that first drive. Got his first touchdown, uh, had three carries for like 18 yards or something, which is not fantastic. But for this run game, that's 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 more than what they've been doing. Um, you know, it's just – and my problem with it is that when you ask kind of the coaches, they just say everything needs to improve. It's like, well, what are they seeing? And I, and, and they're not kind of illuminating that. You know, uh, Lucita Smith talked a little bit about it, that the offensive line not getting to that second level, not getting the push, and, and you know, it's kind of hurt their pride a little bit that they've been so, um, you know, poor uh, uh, blocking for the run game. But hard to get a sense of just like, you know, is this just – they're not talented enough to run the ball, which is a major concern, you know, right. it's like, if that's the bottom line. But, um, you know, the other, the, the only positive is, is that they, they are play anybody. <laughs> that's true. No, but they, uh, they're switching linemen, you know, they're still looking for chemistry on the offensive line. They rotated in three freshmen in the second half and, and did uh, Vance Vice said took a baby step forward in that second half. So they're still trying to find the right combination. So maybe once they do, that's when you kind of say, is this team, capable of running the ball now behind the five guys that they really want um you know you got injuries up there uh tj jackson's zachariah hoyt out last week i don't know if they'll be back this week um probably sounds doubtful because vice, vice said you know he wants his guys to practice and if they can't practice they probably won't play so you're going with a young group and they're going to get better as they go if you're you know you're starting freshman but um you know it'd be interesting to see as you kind of get a game or two under their belt you know is this this is just what they're capable of was Jalen Holston listed as the co-number one running back this week on the depth chart? The depth chart doesn't get updated. I, I know somebody tweeted that out. They, oh, they don't. They don't update the depth chart unless somebody's announced 
thing last year. They only did it when Trayvon Hill was kicked off the team. Okay. And maybe when jo- Jackson was uh, out for the season, basically, because Willis, you know, quarterback's the biggest position. But okay. they generally do not update the depth chart on a week-to-week basis. I see. They okay. just change the date on it, and that's the depth chart. Well, I think we're going to see a lot of King this week. I really do. Uh, I-, I can't imagine we won't. And, it, and, you know, I did say – I did write last week, look, give one guy the lion's share of the carries, see what happens. I mean, McLeese did get 20 carries, and uh, that's that's a lion's share, and that's a, that's good enough for me. Um, and now and I said, if it doesn't work out, give it give it to King for 20 the next week. And well, I think that's what they should do. Well, 20 is kind of a rare number. I think it's only happened twice or three times with a running back in Justin Fuente's tenure here. Yeah. Uh, Evans had a couple of games where he did it, but I mean, running back wise, I mean, it's only happened once or twice, so. Um, 20 is a rarity, so that is a. I mean, it is a. That is the majority, I guess. So you know, not what you wanted, I don't think, when you said a guy should step up and get the majority, though. And I guess there's, you know, fans are upset because they see Ryan Willis running the read option, and you know, the, the RPOs, the run pass options, and they're like, nobody, nobody respects him to to run the ball. So why are you even running that play? Uh, what well, do they no, say nobody respects it to hand off. You know, Ryan, I think has some has shown some athleticism. You got to be careful. With He's a good athlete, yeah. but um, they're not as worried about the running back, so they're just trying to you know take out Willis and end the play. See, I always thought it was the other way. I thought that they felt that that people didn't respect. Ryan's ability to to you know get the edge and really uh, oh, he's moved pretty good and you know the the fumble he had was a ten yard gain I mean I I think you have to respect his 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 movement I mean he's not he doesn't look <laughs> fast he's not a statue though. You know, yeah, yeah but right. he's he's he moves and he's gashed some teams uh you know last year and a half um so I think they're I just don't think that they see a real threat on the run game you know in the you know with McLeese back there you know he's a good blocker. Uh, certainly, but I, I don't know how much teams respect his ability to kind of to get to that second level. Right. McMillan was a thousand yard rusher here. Right. And then he's he leaves and goes to Colorado because he doesn't really like the whole splitting carries idea. And that's part of it. And so I don't know. It's just look until the, I just go and write about what happens. You know, I don't I don't I don't purport to be a coach. I don't purport to be. But this this is a this has been a problem for four years now this is not new you know this is not an an aberration um and if they're not going to illuminate on it you know if they're not going to tell you why it's really happening then all we can do is give the commentary that it's not working because that's what it is and it's their job to make sure it starts working so until it does i guess this will be a topic probably every week on here i'm hopeful that they find something and i'm hopeful that somebody emerges because i think this team like you said the offense has great potential but would you respect a play action pass right now no you wouldn't would you uh feel like you have to load the box at any point to to stop a team that's trying to milk uh, the clock, you know, late in the game. No, like you, you. Well, you look at it on fourth and two or th- three, third and one. Would your top option be running it? And I, at this point, no. Right. No right. I think it'd be your fourth or fifth option, that's and right. that's not what you want to see. I don't think that's what uh, Coach Fuente wants. You know, he wants right. to be able to run the ball, of course, you of know, course. At, at down people's throats. But I mean, th- this, you know, I'd I'd get it into the hands of anybody else right now except the, the running backs in a in a do or die situation, just because they haven't proven that they can do it. I mean, I'm not saying. They're capable i'm not knocking them uh, right. personally but i mean you know i'd much rather have the ball in trey turner's hands right now a short screen than i would uh, uh run up the middle absolutely and they and they'll never reach their full potential until that changes right. until that becomes uh not the case all right let's talk a little bit about willis um you know he he was obviously this the 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 focal point of the boston college loss because of the turnovers he owned it um fuente was very blunt about the fact that he had to be better how much better do you think he was in this game? How did you? How would you rate his performance? I mean, you talk about baby steps with the offensive line. I think it was a little more than a baby step, but I mean, you, you, the last image is the fumble, and then him sitting on the bench. So I mean, that's got to change. And and um, I don't know. It just it doesn't feel like he's there right now, and it doesn't help him. Doesn't do him any favors. I know you wanted to mention this with Maryland, but that he's going to be compared to Josh Jackson every week, and they're putting up 70 points a game. Um, <laughs> I think that kind of magnifies the struggles because, um, you know, there's I think they're similarly talented quarterbacks, um, and uh, Willis has had a full, uh, what, three years now, two years in this offense, having set out a transfer to. So, um, you know, you just expected more. I think you expected him to be a little more dynamic, a little more touch on some of these throws. It just doesn't – not sharp all the time. 
you know, um, could make big throws and made some again on on Saturday against Old Dominion, but still, I don't know, uh, more of a work in progress than I thought he would be at this point. You know, having been in a competition since the end of last season, where you know he had to kind of prove himself on a daily basis with these other quarterbacks, um, and just uh, just not as sharp as I think I, I expected. Well, you weren't here when Jackson won the job initially, uh, but when he did. The competition was such that Fuente was kept saying, I'm not as worried about who we pick as quarter, at quarterback as I am the pieces around him. There were a lot of no, unknown quantities in the receiving core, in the backfield, and everything else. What Jackson has now at Maryland is a running back by the name of Anthony McFarland, great name, by the way, who is very explosive and very uh, productive. And that that is something, going back to the whole idea that a good running game makes your quarterback better, that is something that Willis just does not have right now. And so, uh, you know, look, he's still got to be careful with the ball. He's still got to, you know, I thought that fumble, I mean, that's it's a little tough to – I think rag too much on him for well, that. Well, but I that mean, was it's the idea hit. that you know fans were upset because you know you criticized the fumble. I was like, oh, it was targeting on the player, or you know he's dropped on his neck. Well, I think the point is more that he could have slid and it would have been a second and one, right? Um, and not even put himself in that situation. It's not necessarily he fumbled on a play where he had no chance of keeping the ball. It's more just like, look, those situations are completely avoidable, and we have to avoid them in a close game when we're driving, we're at midfield or wherever they were, I think the 40, 40 round 45 yard line of ODU. And we just can't have those mistakes. So, um, you know, I get that fans were kind of frustrated, you know, on Twitter, like that was targeting. How can he, how, how is he supposed right. to hold on the ball? Well, it's the idea of like, don't put yourself in that situation. Well, there was a day when after a game like that, your, your email inbox would be, the next morning everybody venting with what they what their thoughts on the game were that's kind of gone away I mean you know, the the impact of newspapers is not what it was and the impact of social media is huge I mean people have a million places they can go in the moment and, and say what they feel what is your sense of the fan bases um, uh, I guess uh, <laughs> What's the word I'm looking for? Well, you know, They've gone uh, nuclear. Approval rating, they, they, approval approval rating, rating of this is, team. Can the approval rating be negative? I don't know. Um, they've gone off the rails. I mean, some of their suggestions are like literally insane. They, they want to kick off everybody on the team and play just like, you know, the walk-ons and say, well, we just got to give them a chance. Um, you know, they're not happy with Coach Fuente. Um, and, you know, they fired him. They fired Cornelson. They've kicked Willis off the team. They've gone to the third string running back. I, I think it's interesting just uh, – the um how much the negativity is building right now i mean do you do you feel that around fonte um just because i mean it's one and one they've, wa- they've lost a close game to boston college this, this wasn't losing to odu last year right now um but i mean obviously that's still on everybody's mind but you know um i think fans forget at the end of the frank beamers era this was a team that was very similar record wise and sort of achievement wise to the ones right now and last year wasn't like they were 10 win teams and then Fuente took over and then they fell off a cliff. The 10 win Fuente season was sort of the outlier of everything. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I just, I, it's, it's interesting when you kind of look at some of the message boards and things, just how the vitriol right now. Um, I want to be careful painting with a broad brush because I've seen these stories online, you know, where people will be like, so, you know, so such and such celebrity got ripped on social media for doing this or that. And it's like, yeah, like you could probably manufacture any story over somebody getting ripped on social media. We've all been ripped on social media. Uh, but the, the number of people, uh, the percentage of people that you, I don't know that you can necessarily judge that just by Twitter reaction. I think a, a more disturbing thing if you're Virginia Tech is the way that place emptied out, man? Well, I, I um, think just the attendance that the is your season opener. You can't sell out. Opener. That's never good. Um, yeah. This is a fan base that I don't think needs much to come to the game. No, you know, it's a pretty the, dedicated bunch. And those are your most. I mean, look, there's people in California that root for the Hokies that are probably diehard Hokie fans. But your most, you know, passionate people in the area who are Hokie fans are going to the games generally. And and for uh, the place to, I mean, it was still somewhat of a game when people started leaving early in the third quarter. I shudder to think what it's going to look like on Saturday this week. Well, and uh, the um, more telling will be in two weeks after the bye week 
or was that three weeks? Um, what will that Duke game look like on a prime time on a Friday night? A lot of the high schools, I guess, have moved their games to avoid that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what will that game look like? I mean, that's an ACC foe, um, local too, you know, in the sense where, you know, even if the away fans could drive to that game, um, will that even be a sellout? I mean, they haven't announced any games so far that, that, are, that are sold out. Will they sell out any games? Um, and that's kind of, you know, to your point, um, you know, maybe you're making us say, well, you know, people on online don't make up a majority and that right. can get, uh, you know, you can amplify that by giving that more credence than it should. Right. But at the same time, if you don't sell out a single home game or you're not selling out a primetime game when nothing else is going on in September when, you know, the weather has been fantastic. You know, it was a beautiful day on Saturday. And that's usually all you need to kind of come out to a football game here. And in certain certain schools, you know, if you have nice weather, it should be a sellout, really. Um, but, you know, Furman's not going to do it. But against Duke, it's a nice nice night and things like that. That's not a good sign. Um, and I, I, I just, I don't know, you know, do fans really expect this to be just like blowout city these first two weeks and, and – that's what it was. I mean, I, 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 my thing is, is I just think that the, the fan base's expectations aren't aligned with where the program is right now. Well, and I was a bit of an apologist for Virginia Tech last week because I think it's a lot like when you go to a movie. You know, if you see the Rotten Tomatoes reviews and they're all positive, you say, oh, this is going to be a good movie. And you go in and it's colors the way you come out of there. You could, your expectations could be too high. Uh, my expectations going into Boston College was that they were going to lose. They did lose, so I wasn't alarmed by it. I wasn't shocked. I think there were people who thought they were going to win and, and, and were frustrated and mad that they didn't. But I really thought, and we talked about it last week, I thought they were going to go in there and stomp these guys last week. I did. And so my opinion coming out of that is more like what a lot of people's was coming out of Boston College, which is there's real problems here. This is, this is not acceptable at Virginia Tech to be a, in a one-possession game in the fourth quarter against Old Dominion at home. Yeah, and, you know, my thing is, is like, you know, I picked them to win the ACC, like I said, but I never thought it would be like a cakewalk where I thought I thought more would be everybody has two losses and, some, and the, you know, somebody's going to be the last team standing. And Virginia looks kind of like maybe they won't be that team. Miami certainly looks like they will have a couple losses and aren't very good. North Carolina right now looks like the second best team. Uh, we'll talk about that in the ACC in a little bit. But um, I just never thought, you know, this team was going to run away with anything. And I, I and early in the year with the amount of freshmen they're playing, uh, one and one and mistake filled. And, um, you know, I don't think it's sort of surprising where what we've seen um, outside just the offense, I think, you know, just not being able to kind of have any kind of stretch where they put it together for an extended period. Um, but, uh, you know, this is about where, you know, you kind of thought they would be. Um, but fans are just ready to just burn it all down and start fresh. I think once I see the strength of this team be the strength of its, this team, then I'll, I'll be willing to elevate my expectations for them a little bit. But uh, until that offense hums like it should, hums like we kind of imagined it humming this year, uh, because I, I, I've still – got questions about this defense I mean I still feel like there you know th- th- there's some undersized guys on that t- on that side of the ball I mean I think they can get pushed around in one of these ACC games that, that in their in the future and Tech can overcome that with its offense if its offense is playing well but I just you know I haven't seen it yet I haven't seen it yet and we'll, we'll keep waiting on that all right let's get to Furman here um We'll make our picks at the end, but uh, Furman Tech's only a twenty-one and a half point favorite in this game, which is obviously less. It's about it is a touchdown less than what they were against Old Dominion. Tell me a little bit about Furman and what uh, what Tech is worried about with them. Furman, um, well, te- Tech has spent the week um, pushing that they are a legit threat and legit offense, and um, you know, really impressive and. Uh, Fuente, I guess, watched the the tape um, on Sunday night. Uh, and on Monday, just came away and was very effusive of what they do. I guess they run a little bit of the triple option, but do a lot of different things. Um, they've been very complimentary. Bud Foster was too of this uh, Darren, their quarterback, Darren Granger. I believe that's how his pronounced last name. Um, and he had 323 yards for four touchdowns um, uh, in an almost upset of Georgia State last week. Um, he said uh, very similar athletically to the quarterback they faced um, Stone Smart at ODU but can throw Um, and you know they weren't really worried about Smart passing the ball as much Um, their game plan kind of focused on just trying to stop him 
running the ball, um, but Granger is kind of you're you're more of a dual threat and can beat you with your with his arms. So they're, they're really worried about that. Uh, the, the Furman also has a receiver they're really worried about. Let me look at uh, I think it was uh, Thomas Gordon, uh, number eighty nine. He had eight catches for one hundred sixty three yards last week. Um, so that's a guy that you're kind of looking at. You know they did a nice job against Eric Kuma. Um, he only had three catches for twenty four yards, and it wasn't like they didn't they targeted him like three or four other times. Uh, deep and um, one was a pass interference call that was sort of questionable but Jermaine Waller broke up the other two so that's encouraging they'll be tested again this week but um, yeah I think they're just worried offensively what this Furman team team brings because they do just a bunch of stuff and with a young defense you know they're still starting three defensive tackles that have very little experience and defensive ends that have very little experience so you're just kind of worried about um, some of those new looks and, and trying to kind of drill that home. Well, I know your paycheck and my paycheck, they don't change whether Virginia Tech wins, loses, or doesn't or, or draws. I mean, it doesn't matter. But it, you know, from a tech perspective, is there what is the one thing you want to see this week that you have yet to see in, this, in the two games they've played? Is there one thing where you're like, okay, now that I've seen that, I feel differently about Virginia Tech? Well, I think the the couple things I think would I would say the defense needs to start making some bigger plays, like forcing a turnover. Uh, you know, they they got some pressure, but it really never felt like they were kind of driving the bus. You know, they were sort of on their heels, and then they get a sack and, and a force a punt. But I'd like to see them kind of maybe maybe make a statement and, and do some things against a team that they should be. You know, that you don't talk about um, undersized. They shouldn't be undersized this week. They should right. should be capable of putting up a fight. And then I I just like to see the offense. You know kind of back-to-back drives or three drives in a row, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. You know, yeah. I talked about rhythm this week, and Coach Fuente looked at me like I was speaking a different language. He's like, I don't know what rhythm means. And he's like, is that being consistent over a long period of time? And I'm like, yeah, that's that's what that is. Uh, <laughs> it's like, he's like, are you surprised that you haven't been that? And, and, you know, because I thought they'd come out and be more consistent. Yeah. And that's what I'd like to see, even though F- Coach Fuente doesn't understand what that is. Okay. Well, I'll go back to the running game again. I just want to see that. I want to see that. And I won't see it because I won't be there. I'm you're not going to be there. I'm going to go to the Florida State game. So you're going to watch it on, uh, uh, on your television? Uh, no, I don't have the ACC network. Maybe I'll find a bar or something. you got to find some way because uh, you can't even get the replay. If you're but I can't ail it up because i got to go to a cover game that night. So I don't know. Maybe I'll listen to the radio. Maybe I'll have a Is Florida Mike State on Friday or Saturday? It's Saturday night? Uh, yeah, Saturday night, uh, seven okay. 730. Okay. So. You should be able to pull a doubleheader. You just walk out. You just did cover Furman, walk out, go straight to don't, Florida State. Don't give the editor any ideas. I'll go ideas. talk to Steve after this <laughs> podcast. You're more than capable. I've You're got, I've got golf in West Virginia the next two days. Maybe I'll touch on that in the pick three. You want to get to the pick three and then get to our picks? Oh, did you want to touch on the ACC? Oh, yeah, the ACC. Yeah, yeah. 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 ACC, anything stand out in the uh, first two weeks here from the uh, – the rest of the conference. Oh yeah, just Carolina. I mean, Carolina. Uh, to, for them to be two and zero at this point, I never, never saw that coming. Um, Mac Brown's, you know, he's getting it done so far. I mean, they're they're not blowout wins. They're not wins that make you say this team is uh, a world beater, but they're wins nonetheless. And um, one of them's over Miami, which I guess you know is obviously uh, the freshman pick, quarterback too. Picks, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a big deal. Fr- freshman quarterback who's got a lot of ability. So. I, you know, th- this game against Wake Forest for them this week is very interesting. They're on the road at Wake. Wake's a three-point favorite. Uh, so it's essentially a toss-up with the home field uh, swinging at three three points. I picked Wake in, in my um, fearless forecasters. But uh, if, if North Carolina were to win that game, they'll be in a nice little position here in the Coastal with two wins. Yeah, and Virginia's got a big game just in the sense that they haven't beat Florida State. Yeah, in a long time, I guess. Uh, I was at the last time they beat them, and it was a uh, raucous, fest, festive atmosphere, and I expect uh, a very good crowd there. I, and I don't think they're going to sell out because they just that's just not something they've done recently. But uh, so they only do they sell out the Virginia Tech game, but then they don't. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, I guess they have. But yeah, they're you know the student they're they're trying to drum up support from the students, and I think the students will come out in force. And there's no reason for them not to. I mean, there's, there's a lot to be excited about right there. Right this is a game where you feel like they have to. This is the one where you kind of get over the hump. Yeah. You know, it's like they 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 won the opener at Pitt, which was a good win. But this is a game you're at home for that you should win. And Florida State's looked terrible. And I mean, I don't know if they're going to be hydrated or not. Uh, you know, um, but it's kind of like back in the day in, in Virginia basketball, when Virginia basketball was a middling program, uh, I would go on the road with Doug Dowdy, our, our Virginia beat writer to like North Carolina. And I'd go to the, uh, 
Virginia Duke game and in in Cameron Indoor Stadium and Doug would always say on our way down there this isn't the game you need to be at the game you need to be at is Pitt or what you know those are the games they can win and those are the games that uh, that decide how well their season goes now obviously that's that's changed dramatically now with Virginia being a national power in basketball but it's sort of similar in football in that well your first step is beating the winning the games you should not beating the elite program that was a long way of saying beat beat Pitt they did that and then, and now you're seven and a half point chalk at home against a blue blood program that's very that you can really put away at this. But they're falling apart. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, that, that yeah. that's the other side of this is is that's a very interesting dynamic with Florida State being down and with Miami really off to a rocky start under Manny Diaz. Um, I know they didn't expect to win the Florida game necessarily, but uh, losing in Chapel Hill, I think if anybody who went down that schedule. Uh, before the season put Absolutely. W next to that. Yeah. So, well, and then the other big surprise for me, just um, you know, mentioned Maryland and Josh Jackson, but Syracuse putting up almost no fight, and them sort of being. I picked them second uh, in the. I think everybody the did. Atlantic, yeah. and yeah. Uh, I mean, if that's the second best team in the Atlantic, I mean, should we just cancel the rest of the games for Clemson and just hand them the trophy? <laughs> I mean, well, they play this week, right? Uh, yeah, I, but I mean, what a disaster that was, right? Yeah, I, I was surprised. I mean, I. I I thought Maryland would win. I picked Maryland to win. I mean, Maryland's defense wasn't I'll, like a like a steamroller. No, you know, no. And, 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 I, but I've long said, you know, if, if they have a quarterback, that's the one thing they've been missing. They've had terrible luck with quarterbacks in terms of getting injured and things like that. And Jackson, I know, I know what Jackson can do in terms of spreading the ball around, and they do have a good running game. But I, I was stunned that Syracuse didn't put up more of a fight defensively. Yeah. I, I mean, they're, just, they're, they're supposed to be a good defense. I mean, if Maryland there. put up, what was it, 79, 72? I mean, Clemson, I mean, will be literally on the bus was, at halftime. I think it was 69, and in, in they, they put up 79 in their opener, and then they put up 69 against so, uh, Syracuse. So, I mean, yeah, Clemson could just whatever finish halftime and go to the bus and just say, if you can catch up, <laughs> go ahead and try it. Like, I mean, what? I, it's just a, not competitive at all. Um, no, and, and it looks like the – you know, if, if Virginia were to get upset this week, which I don't anticipate, but if they were to, what a jumbled mess you have in the Coastal. What a jumbled mess. Well, North Carolina is your favorite if they win, uh, beat Wake. Uh, which I don't anticipate that either. So, I mean, it's it, – Yeah, I, it, the, the Coastal still is yet to be determined. I think Virginia, you know, certainly um, has put themselves in the catbird seat by just winning that Pittsburgh game. And if they can get this one, um, they've got to be feeling pretty good. Um, like I've, but I've, uh, for them, I just think long term, um, you still just have to keep Perkins healthy. I mean, yeah. that's sort of the. Uh, I just see them as kind of one of those teams where you're going great, you're five and zero. Perkins tears an ACL, and then you know you're just hold, holding on. But their defense is also very good. Sure, like but their Perkins, front seven's very good. Perkins puts them at another level, and yeah, you know, absolutely. and I think when when you have those quarterbacks that do it all and take risks and are dynamic, there's always that downside of uh, he gets a you know refs kind of more harder to officiate those guys too you know players are going at them low at them high and you just kind of worry like is is this hit gonna do it you know you just kind of um i think that's kind of the main you know at any point they can get him out of the game and protect him and just you know keep him safe for some of those games down the stretch i think would be big for them yeah and and sort of back to virginia tech for a second here like they I'm always reminded of that Seth Greenberg quote when he, he was here. You know, they they lo- they had a bad start to a season, and then you know they started beating teams that they weren't supposed to beat. They beat Duke, and you know, and and someone was you know I think I I might have asked you know what is the difference? Why? How can the team that lost to inter insert Miac foe here to all of a sudden beating Duke? You know, in the, in the same building, and he says, guys. You, you got to remember, we can get better. We can get better. It's possible to get better over the course of a season. And I think that's certainly the case with Virginia Tech's offense. Um, their defense can also get better, uh, but, you the know, if they, not, the if, ceiling's not as high. Right. If they, were to stab, if they were to play close to their ceiling in a game coming up, that would change a lot about how I feel about where they stand in the Coastal Division. Because right now, you don't think – I don't think of Virginia Tech – as, as being on the level of Virginia right now. I just don't. But I think if they could play to their capabilities, maybe you start saying, well, maybe that streak continues. We'll, we'll, so just, I guess, hold those, 
hold those coastal division crowning Don't break the rock yet, ceremony. right? Is that yeah, what you're saying? ceremonies for later. Don't get your sledgehammer out and take a take it to your to your rocks outside yet, just yet. All right, what do you got for your pick three, number one? Uh, number one, I went to this place. Uh, it was it, They did a test run over the summer. It's in Blacksburg, and now they're open again called Black Salt. It's just a burger sort of wing place it's it's more counter service so it's pretty quick but very very good sort of more like a unique college you you know you expect kind of these type of places to be in college towns and blacksburg doesn't have nearly enough Um, and this one's pretty good very very young still so hopefully it lasts and makes it the fries were phenomenal burger was good um you know i try to support local establishments and um like i said blacksburg doesn't have nearly enough of this type of level of restaurant where it's not like fancy you know easy to get in and not get it out you know not super expensive good food local um so i would i'd recommend well it. let's hope it sticks around it's right, it's right by taco bell and the waffle house on campus um so it's right over there i was i was stunned at the lack of people at el mariachi when we went to the that's our mm. typical dining place after the you you didn't come out with us but uh i thought it was closed i, lo- I looked in there the the there was no cars in there and they had open signs everywhere i'm like eh, i still didn't think when i opened yeah. when I opened the door it would be open so and I hope Justin, that Justin hope Fuente is single-handedly killing the <laughs> no, business. I don't know what happened. In Blacksburg. I almost yeah. asked the waitress, but uh, they're usually busy on game days. But my first one is uh, kind of a bummer. Speaking of, I guess things not working out. Uh, Ballast Point, the tasting room, is is no more. It's going to be no more at the end of this month uh, in Botetourt County, as reported by the Roanoke Times. As reported by the Roanoke Times, and uh, that's a bummer because I mean, every time we went there, there was people there, and it was fairly uh, lively. I guess it's just part of a more uh, uh, larger scope corporate plan that they have is why they're getting rid of it. But uh, that was a nice place to go and just have an ale and sit there and look at the mountains. And, and Yeah, I'd heard about it. I hadn't been there it yet. Nice. But I, yeah, you I heard still it have nice. a couple of weeks if yeah. you want to try it, but you, you probably like it a lot. And then you'll be like, yeah, oh, I don't well, know. Now it's gone. You want to get attached to something that's, that's disappearing. Right. So. The food was pretty good, too. Um, I finished my second one. I referenced this show uh, about my on my travels about the the nudity on the airplane uh carnival row i finished it up uh it finished m- much like i started it was sort of meh uh amazon invested With the fay and stuff yeah the fairies and the and the they had some other ca- it wasn't nearly uh out there enough for what it was trying to do like a fantasy type show and uh um amazon put a lot of money on it, it looked like an expensive show but it was just sort of like eh. and you kind of shrug and you kind of go on to the next one very disappointing um yeah, I mean, most notable Sorry. just for for the uh, the nudity on the airplane. So <laughs> not worth that hassle, I guess I would say. Did you get any feedback from people on what was acceptable? No, and I was I'm still looking for that. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, it's it. That's that's a I, that's a weird question. The other question I have is like, what? So I was asked, do you change seats when somebody asks? Oh, I saw you deny that. Yeah, I would I would have done the same thing you did because it wasn't. So uh, the situation was, I was on an aisle, you were on the window, and there was a seat in the middle of us. We were talking a little bit. We didn't spend much time talking on the flight, but we were in the same row. Couple asked to sit, and I said, "Well, did you have an aisle or a window seat?" You know, because I think that's one to one. He's like, "No, right. I'm in the middle," and I'm like, "Yeah." But the reason I said no was because the night before I checked there, two nights before I checked in, and you could have upgraded your seat for fifteen bucks to sit up for the plane, and there were seats next to each other, mm. so he could have pe- spent thirty dollars to sit next to his girlfriend or, or wife but it, it wasn't worth the thirty dollars so i just felt like well if you're not gonna if if your significant other is worth thirty dollars then it's not worth me switching yeah i'm assuming they didn't know about that op- option but i'm I, assuming they did know I, and directly rejected well i i'm with you the difference it's, all, it's up when you check in you can't miss it the difference between a window and aisle seat and a middle seat is extreme i mean that is a big big you and I are both, uh, you know, we we, we enjoy uh, a little space in our well, lives. We're not the smallest, the well, smallest guys. And, and it's just, it, I remember Randy King once saying he had to sit in a flight the whole way home from the nut bowl, the uh, emerald nut bowl, with his hands in the air like he was signaling touchdown because he had two people oozing into his seat. And that's that's not what you want. So you'd switch if it was, uh, you know, you're going aisle to aisle. But if you're going aisle to middle, yes. you, you say no. Because I've been asked one to one. I've yes. been asked twice now in the last like three or four flights to move, and I've said no both times because it's like I I don't want and I don't want to be I like being on the aisle more than I do the window, but I just like if I'm settled in, I don't know, I don't like getting up. Yeah, yeah. I'm a window guy, but yeah, 
I, I would I would trade I guess a window for an aisle if, if it was a if it was a kid if it was a kid in need. You still would have said no. I know, it's, uh, maybe it depends. <laughs> if you, looked, if I see looked. the wheel spinning in your head. What? what no, because you, like you think as a parent, I'm, I have young kids, but um, you know, I would have I would have asked maybe why didn't you spend the thirty dollars if you didn't want to if you wanted an extra kid. Okay, my second one I mentioned the, in passing earlier the golf tournament this weekend. This is the first time the Greenbrier Classic, what's now called the Military Tribute at the Greenbrier, uh, has been staged in the fall. So it's a busy time for us with football and everything else. So we're n we don't get to cover it quite the way we did when, when it was on July 4th week. But uh, locally, uh, Lonto Griffin, the Blacksburg High School graduate, uh, is back in the field. He's back. He's got his tour card back. He lost his tour card last year. He, uh, he was on the tour for one year, then lost his card, then played his uh, butt off in the Corn Ferry Tour, which is what the Wipe.com tour is now called, and, and got it back. So this is his first, the first tournament of the season, and he tees off at 145 on Thursday for the first round. I had an opportunity to talk with Lonto. He's a good guy, man. He, and uh, so he, there's local rooting interest in there, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of people from the area up pulling for him. There always are. Um, so check that out. You know, check the scores in your paper or online and see how he's doing and, uh, and uh, pull for Lonto this week because uh, he's, he's a, a good representative of the area. My next one is, uh, I don't know if we'll do a podcast next week. It depends um, on availability and everything. But um, these early bye weeks we got coming up here, do you like the early? I think the early bye week feels like it totally takes you out of the season. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if the coaches will like them, but it just seems like we've had now two of them because last year we had the game canceled right. week three, and now we have one week four. And I just think it, feel, it's, it feels weird to sort of stop once you start kind of got started. And we have a second bye week in October. Um, uh, just feels weird to me to have a bye week this early in the season. Yeah, it is weird. It it doesn't help me out at all in the in the second one because that's Martinsville weekend when they get the second one. So oh, it's okay. just uh, there will be no vacation taken. Are you going on to cover Virginia next week? Uh, next week, well, who do they got? I don't know who they got. I think they got somebody bad, but uh, I'll probably be there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Either that or or I'll you know do something local racing or something. I, who knows? But. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't love the early season ones either because you're eager for football. You want to see as much football. They're in the middle can. of it, and, and you it don't want to delay like, yeah. the conference play any longer than you have to. You, you want to see him play real soon. You know, it's like because yeah, yeah. we, we're going to have to see him play Furman and Rhode Island here and a bye, uh, like three out of the four weeks yeah. or five weeks. And it's like let's just get to Duke and Miami and see where this is at. Yeah, and, and then we could have more bye weeks, and we could just wrap it up. Yeah, if they lose both of those, get killed. We'll just call it a year. I'm gonna miss that Rhode Island game too. That's going to be a good one. That's going to be a bomb. Well, that's because I'll be in Miami for, for the Virginia for game. For the Virginia game. So yeah, get to the that, those are the only two games I'm going to miss. And so if you're going to miss two, it's got to be As of yet, I mean, because if, well, if Tech loses all these games, maybe you just go become permanent Virginia columnist. <laughs> My third one is uh, I, I have a Gmail account. It's AaronMcF at gmail.com. Apparently there's some guy in Scotland who has a similar email address, uh, but he typed it in wrong or something when he registered for Domino's Pizza. Uh, so that's, my, that's the motherland for me, Scotland. But he orders Domino's like all the time. And he orders the weirdest pizzas I've ever seen. It's like, thank you for your so Domino's Scot order. Scottish Domino's? It's like Jamaican jerk chicken and pineapple. I'm like, oh, you're sullying this email account with that combination of, uh, of toppings. What is your go-to pizza if you could have what I'm, I'm just like a cheese guy usually really yeah i just do cheese i'm okay. really on them on, on them i do like uh, uh in college the place that we uh had in like the, the the place that everybody went to was um had potato so i had potato really? it's like a like a um potato skin so i had potatoes okay. uh green onions cheese you know like cheese um yeah. and bacon and so that was good Mm -hmm. um, but that, that's not in very many places. I think Mellow Mushroom has something similar, but it's not as good. I'm typically a meat guy, you know, pepperoni, sausage, meatballs, those types of things. But also like roasted red peppers, man. If you can get roasted red peppers on pizza, it's usually a big, big. But anyway. You should reach out to this other Aaron McFarlane. I feel like we're sort of kindred spirits. Yeah, you know, see what he's like. This this Mick up there. But uh, we'll see uh, if he keeps ordering this pizza. I, I personally am not a huge Domino's guy. Um I it's like the only place that delivers to our house in Christiansburg, so we have it, we've we've yeah, come I, used to it, but uh, it's not. Yeah, Sal's Sal's all the way, Bob Top baby, Sal's Italian. Mm. 
Um, anyways, all right, let's get to our prediction. As mentioned before, Virginia Tech only a 21-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Uh, did you tweet out that line at any point? Did you get re- responses from anybody? I did not tweet Okay, I have not seen what the – because la- last week when the line came out, there was a lot of people saying, put, sh- put your house on Old Dominion, and they were right. Yeah. Uh, I was wrong. I thought for sure they would cover that. Um where, where are you going this week? Last week I didn't have them cover. This right, week you were I, right. I'm going to have them them cover. So okay. let's say, let's say forty two to twenty. Okay, so cover by half. Cover by half. Okay. Yeah. That's I try to come up with realistic scores. You could throw anything out there, but it's like it's hard to kind of I look like you know it's like well so that's three touchdowns missed field goal. That seems possible. Or two touchdowns and two field goals. I don't like doing like crazy numbers where you, you can't even really get to them. Yeah. My my prediction is going to be totally self-serving here because if the game is close, I look really bad for not being there. Uh, but I'm assuming it's not going to be close. Uh, I'm going to go 55-10. No way. 55-10. No Double way. nickels for the Hokies no uh, this week. No way. No way. <laughs> No way? I, I mean, the Furman defense is too good, or what? They're I mean, not going to. I think, think they'll Tech give up more than 10 points. Maybe Tech can score 55. But I don't think they're going to hold them to 10 points. Because no. if you think it gets to that point, so maybe, uh, so if it's like, let's say it's 40 to 3, and you go to the second team defense, and it's literally all freshmen and walk ons. Yeah. Furman's going to keep their main offense in there. Right. It's just no way. I don't know. Man. Maybe you're right. I mean, you're the better. You're you're the better. Well, man. I'm hearkening back to those those early. I mean, you got casinos calling you trying to win your services. So <laughs> I mean, it's like you know, I don't. I, I, I defer on gambling questions to you. Baltimore wants its three thousand dollars back. <laughs> and I I played you that uh, sound, and it was the the host said, "Hey, Aaron, my back. man." That was how he started it. Yeah, I'm like, uh, anytime friends. you start, anytime never you start with my man, I know what you're after. You want your money back? No. You not getting it. I'm not. I won't be in Baltimore for a while. But like you said, you should be able to squeeze both in. So I'll talk to talk to Steve. And could you? You could. I mean, if you left at three thirty, could still get to Virginia. What if it's a seven o'clock game? A couple hours early. Oh, you could do it. Uh, it, it and I mean, it, Furman's it, deserving. It's the Paladins. It's the fighting Paladins. I, I I told you. I think off air before that. Furman is a very nice campus. You did. There's it's a lot of fountains. Fountains. I remember the fountains. Beautiful place. So they score one point for every fountain, basically. 10, right. Ten points. Uh, yeah, I just don't. I don't. Uh, one of these days, this Virginia Tech team is going to show up and blast somebody, and might might as well be this. I mean, the, and then you know, we can start looking at is Duke next? Duke is next after the bye. After the bye. Okay, so we'll actually get a conference game that sort of matters, and and, and then Miami, and then Rhode Island, I believe. Okay. What the, what's the, let's do the Defcom one scenario again that they lose to Furman. Oh, they lose to Furman I, with a bye week, two weeks. There Furman, might be like a like a protest on campus. See, Furman's a ranked FCS team, but their name Furman just Don't take them seriously. There's some well there's something about that name that you know, I think if you're a tech fan, you're terrified that you you because if you lose to Furman, it's not losing to Georgia State, right? Georgia State sounds like they could they could upset an FBS team every well, now and again. I don't think again. anybody knows where Furman is either. I it's think in most South Carolina. Yeah, no, I know, but I'm saying like it's just uh, <laughs> like, I was like, is that a real place? Like when a real school? Like, plus, it, it sounds like Mark Berman. <laughs> and do you want to lose but, to Mark Berman? But, uh, yeah, if they were to lose. You lost. You lost your terrible game last year with ODU. You can't suffer another one in two years. Right. Because when was the James Madison debacle? Was it eleven? Yeah. No, ten. Was it ten or eleven? So it was I mean, the year they won the title. So it'd been like six years between the two, right? Like or seven, six, seven years. Eight, eight years. Yeah, seven. Yeah. Or eight so I mean, years, there'd yeah. been a long time. You could have one of those once a decade ish. Yeah. One and a half a decade, but you can't. Most coaches don't survive two. I will say that this line is closer to what uh, the James Madison line was. Because I think the James Madison line was something like 22 and a half, 23. And, of course, when they lost at ODU last year, it was more like 28 and a half, 29. So uh, this is – I mean, I think the, what the odds makers are telling you is that this is a better team rolling in here than what, the one we saw last week. By a so, touchdown. 
Yeah, Not so so you know, and part of that is just that Virginia Tech has been utterly unimpressive. They have not rewarded uh, their backers in Vegas at all. Uh, I have to go back and look. The, over the past two seasons, their record against the spread has to be just absolutely pathetic. That's some. Re- that's a column right there. Well, I mean, it, it, Tech killing betters. That doesn't that doesn't surprise anybody because. That you know, if you when you have an up and down team, those are if you look at your own expectations for what the team was, they haven't met them. Uh, So certainly they haven't met the outside public expectations for the team. So, anyways, well we'll see what happens. Um, You mentioned this. This is one a little other aspect of this game. They hinted with the orange helmets. They only wore the orange jerseys once last year. I don't know when the last time they've worn the orange helmets. They could go all orange because it's an orange effect game. Who cares? How do, how much does that play into the final score? <laughs> is that why you're picking them for 55? Because you think the orange will give them some sort of juice? Orange juice? <laughs> <laughs> there is no bigger disconnect in the, in the world than the interest some people have in uniforms and the interest I have in uniforms. It could not be. There could not be a bigger disconnect. There is an audience for it. I do an audit. Oh, I do sure. A, I do a uniform update post on what they will be wearing every week. I got an email last week. Don't you have anything better to write about? <laughs> and I'm like, no. <laughs> um, but this is a, this is a well. This will be huge. People will be clicking on this like crazy because orange. I mean, are you kidding me? I, like I said, I don't know when the last time that they've worn the orange, but um, that's huge. That's interesting. It's an interesting angle. Well, and will they? Because teams are superstitious. They have another home game, so they get to choose. If they win in the orange and go crazy, do they keep wearing the orange? I will ask that question. Fonte has not appreciated any of my questions recently, so maybe I'll just go off the board like you do and ask some some like that. You know, you wore orange. <laughs> you scored fifty points. Is are that you, tied are to? Are you saying to, I'm the bozo of the media corps? Well, no, I guess you, I kind of am. You but find different angles. You come. You, you come with a unique approach, right? Can you imagine his response to your orange question if you did ask that? I mean, it would be. You might just get thrown. Right he might right he out might there. malfunction and just like st- <laughs> I might have to reset him. I don't know. I will say this for fun day. I, you know, I, I've asked him some different different types of questions, and I he's always tried to answer them. I think. I mean, I've, he's never been completely rude to me or anything, and I I appreciate I, that. I appreciate that. That's nice. He's well thought out, and he gives uh, good answers when he, he does want to answer yeah. a, co- a subject. Um, he he's been uh, a little off and on, just kind of a little bit, um, not in a great mood the last couple weeks, I and and I, and I and I and I think we can see why. But um, but uh, yeah, maybe I'll ask about the orange if it's like a. Do you think the orange is a superpower if they just like go crazy? Yeah, definitely do that. Definitely do. That. Is I'll it? Did in. it give you juice? <laughs> You know what I'm going to be doing? I'm going to be watching that stupid little uh, football helmet go across the screen because I don't have the ACC network. I, I mean, oh, now you're going to rail against the network to, again? I could listen to Laser and You and are anti-ACC network. No, I'm well, not, the I'm only not, options I have, so my parents have uh, ATT U-verse at home, uh-huh. and so they could share, you know, and, and um, if they have, but ACC, ATT U-verse doesn't get it. I have Xfinity, Comcast. They don't get it. Um, and I, I did Hulu Live TV one week. Um, but you couldn't get the replay of it. Yeah, and you can't get it out of your zip code. So wow. I could I couldn't watch the Boston College game. My my wife could watch it at home, but I couldn't you watch it on my computer outside my zip code. Hmm. So that did me literally no good. The one reason I wanted it was to watch the game. You know, like watching it, hearing it, um, at the stadium, and I couldn't do it. So really, an epic fail on all three of those counts for for the ACC network. My yeah. my initial experience negative. Well, I have the Big Ten Network and the SEC Network, so that makes a, lot, makes a whole lot of sense. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, enjoy the game, everyone, on Saturday if you get a chance to see it. And we will get back together next week, and I'll be leaning heavily on you for all your observations, as I usually do, but even more so this, this coming week. And we'll break down the bye week, and we'll break down uh, – we'll look ahead to Duke as well a little bit next week. For Mike Nizolik, this is Aaron McFarling. See you next time.